This is Red Sox Review, and it starts right now. Here's your host, Joe Weil. One and one with one down, the pitch. Swing and a line drive into center field. That's going to win the ball game. One hop played by Duran. Castro scores, and Minnesota wins it 5-4. to four. Red Sox will have to win tomorrow to win this series. Their six-game winning streak comes to a close. Caleb Ort gives it up. 5-4, Minnesota wins it in 10. Some missed opportunities for the Red Sox tonight. And in the end, the Twins walk it off a 5-4 victory in 10 innings at Target Field. Kyle Farmer, the hero for the Twinkies, who end up knocking off the Red Sox after the Sox came in on a six-game winning streak. But now the Red Sox are 39-36 and on the season after the loss. Joe Weil with the year-end Red Sox review. Brian Frizzoco behind the glass. We're going to take you all the way up to midnight after this 5-4 loss in 10 innings. If you want to chime into the conversation, 617-779-7937. Again, 617-779-7937. You can also text us at 379-37 as well. There's a lot to dis- to discuss after this loss, and the Red Sox have been playing great baseball coming into tonight. They had outscored opponents 50-18 to over this six-game winning streak, but tonight, some missed opportunities. They go 3-for-15 with runners in scoring position, and despite not committing an error, there were some defensive plays. If the Sox were able to execute, they may have walked out of target field with their third straight victory in this series. But in the end, the Red Sox fall by a score of 5-4 to four in 10. And now we'll have to wait out some injury news as well because Reese McGuire got the start tonight for the Red Sox and he had to leave the game with what was a right oblique strain. It happened after he swung and missed on a pitch in the sixth inning and uh, he ended up having to be taken out and then Connor Wong came in and that's a tough situation for the Sox because they only have two catchers on their 40-man roster so it will be interesting to see what the the Sox do you know if this is not a day-to-day injury with obliques it's not normally the case that it's day-to-day uh so we'll definitely have to uh, wait out to hear more information on what happened to reese mcguire and then of course it will be interesting to see what the red sox do from a catching standpoint do they call somebody up from caleb uh from triple a worcester like a caleb hamilton who's gotten a lot of starts down there and then they of course they would have to make a a 40-man roster decision as well if they were going to do something like that or bring in somebody from outside the organization. So uh, we will hear from Alex Cora in a moment here. He had a chance to speak after the game, and here's what he had to say after this 5-4 Red Sox loss in 10 innings. Get him out, it didn't happen. You know? So uh, he left a slider in the zone, and he put a good swing on it, and got a base hit up the middle. What did you see with the offense tonight? Uh, I think we went, what, two for 15 with minutes composition. Yeah, I mean, we didn't do much. We had a lot of opportunities, and, uh, you know, we, we didn't cash in. In terms of just execution, you know, things like, you know, think getting uh, some outs on the bases. And, um, I mean, you know, Doogie bowling the gap, you know, like, I don't mind that, you know. And then Arroyo, after two disengagements, he took a shot, you know, and, and he was out, but... I think it's stuff that is going to happen in the games. You know, we're going to stay aggressive. Obviously, we'll talk to them for a few situations that, you know, we got to be, you know, put everything on the table and see the odds of the play, you know, like if it's worth it. But, you know, the aggression, I don't care, you know. Like, I I think I'd rather see Doogie uh, hustling to second than slowing down on a play, right? What do you have on McGuire at this point? Um, Is his oblique 
uh, it looks like he's going to be an IL. So uh, we were actually, before you guys came in, we were talking about it. So we'll see what we're going to do. Love to see Hamilton come in there and, and make an impact right away with his speed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were surprised he didn't take off in the first one. Uh, but obviously, you know, it's your first big league play. Uh, I wasn't expecting that, you know, but uh, um, you know, he got a good, a good jump. He got to second, put pressure on them. Um, then he slice stepped to the plate when Matt second, with him at second. Cassis got a good pitch to hit and drove it to left center. So uh, he'll start tomorrow. Uh, but, uh, you know, we got a lot of. A lot of you know players that can do a lot of different things. You know, at the end we were moving people around and trying to maximize the lineup and trying to maximize the situations. And I think where we at now with the roster with him on it, we can do that. David will start tomorrow. Yes, he will. Not not as a pitcher. Who will be starting as a pitcher? We're talking about it's probably going to be Justin. He'll he'll open and then we go we go from there. Alex, when you, when you went out to the mound, you called Jaron. And were you thinking about having him play infield? Well, uh, we were like deciding, but I wanted, you know, at that point it was like too much. We haven't done that with him in a while, so just put him way in, way in. It almost worked, you know. He almost cut the, you know, like stays up. It's a line drive. I think it's a double play because the runner took off from third. So it's one of those that you think about it, but then you're like, you know what? We haven't put these guys in a situation to do this. Uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna try to push the envelope there. So it was more that you wanted him to play in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end, we decided that. With like go seven, do you think it was as good as as long as he went? Um, he he grinded. Yeah, they put good. I think they, they came out with a good game plan. You know, uh, Garrett is one of the best at throwing strikes in the first two pitches. You know, uh, he's I think top of the league, and they were swinging from the get go. So he had to make some adjustments. He gave a seven, and uh, you know, and he was quote unquote grinding. So we'll take that, and he'll be ready for the next one. In the 10th, uh, obviously you make the decision to intentionally walk Vasquez and then not to intentionally walk Farmer. Uh, can you just walk us through that? Yeah, they're one the lefty against the righty. And if we bring the lefty, then they're going to bring Solano. And then if we get Solano out, it's Correa against the lefty. So, yeah. There's going to be a mad dash to get a catcher here for tomorrow morning. Uh, I think so. I believe so. We'll, we'll talk about it after this. The way you guys have scored lately, you know, Three for 15 with runners in scoring position is uncharacteristic. Of the I think it's uh, the odds, right? I mean, you're not going to be as hot as that, but we, we came back against probably the best reliever in the big leagues, you know, in the eighth inning. So we'll take that and uh, we'll get a chance to win the series tomorrow. So be ready for that one. All right, so that was Alex Cora chatting after this 5 4 loss to the Minnesota Twins in 10 innings tonight. The Red Sox six game losing streak, a uh, winning streak comes to an end. I want to get, issue a quick correction. I said Reese McGuire left the game after swinging and missing on a pitch. It was actually, he, he fouled it off and then he, he fell down and, and you could sense immediately that he was in some pain. It ends up being a right oblique strain and uh, we just heard from Alex Cora talking about what the Sox will do from, from a catching depth standpoint because they only have two catchers on their 40-man roster so they may have to look outside the organization or internally. They could call up somebody like Caleb Hamilton from AAA Worcester, but it's not a great uh, situation for the Red Sox to be in, obviously, to just have one active catcher on your roster, which is why they'll add some depth. But as Alex Cora is saying, not totally officially, but looks like it's going to be an IL stint uh, upcoming here for Reese McGuire, who, you know, he and Connor Wong did a very nice job throughout the season behind home plate. So, and just from a depth standpoint, another big blow 
to the Red Sox who have had to deal with these big blows. Especially when you focus on tomorrow, that would have been Tanner Houck's start. But instead, it's going to be Justin Garza as the opener for the Red Sox tomorrow. And then Brandon Walter is going to get an extended look uh, in that game tomorrow as well just to provide some innings for the Sox. He's not officially on the roster yet, but he's in Minnesota. He, he traveled to Minnesota with David Hamilton, who came into today's game and pinch ran and actually stole a base after stealing 27 in Worcester, helped set up the tying run. He came around to score on an RBI double by Tristan Costas that tied it at four before the Twins in the end walked it off on a Kyle Farmer a walk-off single in that 10th frame. Again, 5-4 the final. Twins over the Red Sox. We'll have a lot to discuss tonight. We'll talk about the offense. We'll also talk about Garrett Whitlock's start tonight. Uh, some good, some bad. He went seven innings. He gave you length again. It's a second consecutive outing in which he's giving you seven. And since he's come off the injured list, he's averaging six innings per start. So I really like that part of it. At the same time, eight hits, four runs. He didn't have a feel for the slider. We'll play some sound from him a little bit later on in the program. Didn't walk anybody, but did have six strikeouts. So, again, he was pounding the zone, but the Twins, uh, they they tried to jump on early pitches against him, and that may have thrown him off a a little bit. Would, Would love to hear what he has to say after a performance like tonight, again, which wasn't bad, but it wasn't peak Whitlock as we've seen. I think there are still positives to take away and some optimism to take away from it, the fact that he gave you length, but in the end, Again, he gets the no decision. Red Sox lose in 10. We have a couple callers on the line. We're going to go first to David in Florida. David, you're on Red Sox Review. Good evening. This game goes like just overwhelmingly on Corey's shoulders. Just, I don't know where to begin. First of all, in, in the, I mean, with Reyes, if he was okay enough to come in later in the game, why didn't he start him today? Second of all, he second-guessed himself, Cora. Uh, in the tenth inning, when he barked or ran him to play the outfield infield, and he puts him back, and he, I mean, he completely second guess himself. That's your manager second guessing yourself. Third, why does he why does he bring in um, uh, Jansen in the bottom of the ninth in a tie game on the road? Uh, I mean, the pinch hitting again. Corey just he, he made a he made a potato ahead of himself tonight. I could have used some other words, but I'm sure you would have cut me off. Well, I appreciate uh, you not doing that, David. And we, we appreciate the call. If you want to grab David's line, 617-779-7937. I, I have to disagree with just about everything David put out there, and, and I'll, I'll explain why. So the first thing he brought up was Pablo Reyes not getting the start tonight. Now, he, he was taken out of yesterday's game with uh, right abdominal soreness. So you, you want to take it easy on him. As you you try to ease him back, the only reason he ends up getting thrusted into action tonight is because of the the, the pinch hitting and the way that the the maneuvering out around the infield came about. That you needed a shortstop out there, and he was the last option on the bench. I'm I'm pretty sure Alex Cora didn't want to go to him tonight, but out of necessity they needed to. And so they did because you you pinch hit for David Hamilton with Adam Duvall in the tenth inning, and he was uh, he was the second shortstop of the night. Yet Kike Hernandez end up moving to center field, uh, and then he ends up. Uh, there was just so much maneuvering around the field tonight, uh, and then and then Kike Hernandez gets pinch hit for uh, Rob Ref Snyder, and then Ref Snyder, you know, he ends up taking over at left field. Jaron Duran moves back to center. I mean, it was just it was it was a little chaotic in terms of the defensive alignments. So that's why you brought Reyes in. You, you didn't want to use him, and then you ended up having to in the end. Uh, and and I just 
This is a game in which I think is on the players more so than somebody like Alex Cora. Sometimes that's the case. Sometimes the manager will, will take the bullet. Maybe he makes a move that doesn't work out. But, you know, to me, this is on the players. You didn't hit with runners in scoring position in the end. You were 3 for 15 with runners in scoring position. Ultimately, you leave nine guys on base. There were a, a couple of plays where they were a little aggressive on the base paths, specifically thinking of that one uh, in, in the seventh inning where Alex Verdugo tries to stretch a single into a double. He gets thrown out at second base with ease. Again, defensively, Kike not looking great at shortstop. There were a couple plays I think he could have made. The one that does stand out, I think in, in, in a play that ended up directly leading into a run was a Christian Vasquez ball up the middle that if he if he knocks down in a different way, it doesn't end up trickling into center field and then allowing uh, Royce Lewis to come in to score. That was the second run of the second inning. So I, again, I, I don't I, I don't think this one's on Cora. Sometimes you can pin it on the manager. I think it's the easiest thing to do in sports. Blame the coach, blame the manager. And I've said it time and time again in this program, I think Cora is one of the best in this sport to do it. Not to say he's perfect, but again, I think tonight's more on the players than anything else. And it's a tough one as they lose 5-4 to four in 10 innings against the Minnesota Twins. Still a lot more to get to on Red Sox Review. We'll hear from Garrett Whitlock. We'll get into his performance. But now we go to Brian Frizoka with what's trending on WEI. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEI. Your Boston Red Sox have their six-game winning streak snapped tonight against the Minnesota Twins. 5-4 to four in extra innings. Kyle Farmer walked it off for those Minnesota Twins in the bottom of the 10th off of Sox pitcher Caleb Ort. Red Sox are back at it tomorrow for a day game in Minnesota. Will Fleming and Lou Maloney have the call at 110 on the Shaws and Star Market WEI Red Sox Radio Network. Shaws perfecting the art of fresh. Christian Arcan will have that Mass Mutual pregame show right here at 1210 Mass Mutual Insurance Planning Investments. And the big day of the news in Boston well that was the Boston Celtics. They were going to bring in Wizards big man Kristaps Porzingis in a three team trade. Well that has fallen through and according to Woj however the Wizards are still trying to work away to get Kristaps Porzingis to the Celtics in an opt-in and trade scenario, but it won't be in a three-way uh, deal with the Clippers. Sides are working under a midnight deadline on Porzingis's $36 million player option. And your Boston Bruins announced their preseason schedule today with their first game against the New York Rangers on September 24th. We'll wrap up on October 25th against those very same New York Rangers. I'm Brian Frizoko, and that's what's trending on WEI. This is Red Sox Review on WEEI. Satsy throws and Casas lines it into left field. That is down for a hit. Hamilton tears around third. He will score and Casas galloping into second base. The game is tied. David Hamilton has scored a run in his major league debut. Casas electricity and it's 4-4. Four to four. You know how much I love to see the line drive the opposite field. Right, and we've said this before, if a guy is throwing this hard, a lot of young hitters will feel like they got to turn on it, they got to cheat. No, you got to stay there, stay within your rhythm, and hit that ball hard the other way. And you thought at that point maybe there was a rally to allow the Red Sox to take the lead. That RBI double from Casas tied it in the eighth inning. Unfortunately, the Red Sox suffer their first walk-off loss of the season. They fall 5-4 to four against the Minnesota Twins. But that highlight you heard is the highlight from tonight's Nissan Red Sox postgame show. And your quest for savings at the Nissan Thrill of the Drive sales event. Shop your local Nissan store or NissanUSA. 
Sox.com today. Joe Wild with you here on Red Sox Review. Brian Frizzoco behind the glass. We're going to take you all the way up to midnight here on WEI after this 5-4 Red Sox loss over the Twins in 10 innings. That snaps the Red Sox six-game losing streak. We're going to hear from Garrett Whitlock in a moment after his outing tonight, and I would love to dissect it, get into you know all the makings of, of the overall outing for Whitlock. I think there was some good and, and some not bad, but not the special Whitlock we've seen over the last two outings. And, and, and I'd be very curious to hear what Garrett has to say after the seven inning outing, he allowed eight hits, four runs. He gets the no decision with no walks and strikes out six, but let's go back to the phones. Sean in Worcester is on the line. Sean, you're on Red Sox review. Thanks for joining us. Hey, how's it going, Joe? Going um, good? I, I want to know why didn't they walk farmer? to set up the double play to get out of the inning and try to win the game. Well, so here, here's why I think they didn't walk Kyle Farmer. So you're right. If you walk him, you set up the double play. The only thing is the Farmer's not that great of a hitter. So he came in hitting 263, but not a lot of power to go along with it, just a 704 OPS. Alex Kirilov, he, he's a much better hitter. He's also a left-handed hitter, so you'd have – Lefty up against the righty and Ord, so I, I think that was the thinking from Cora to 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 try to get this guy out, and then you know you go from there. Yeah, but that that, that would have been the best thing to do: walk Farmer, go go against the lefty, what what the cut is and the slide is and the changeup, get the double play, and get out of the inning, and you know. But another thing I want to say is, is it time to um, maybe DFA Kike? Well, I, the Red Sox are, are going to need to make some 40-man moves. And, and I'm actually, it's it's interesting that Sean brought that up. I don't think they're going to do that. And, and Sean, we do appreciate the call if you want to grab his line, 617-779-7937. I, I don't think they're going to DFA Kike because they are starving for middle infield depth right now. David Hamilton just got called up. He made his major league debut uh, and he pinch ran in the top of the eighth inning for the Red Sox for Masataki Yoshida, and he scored his first ever major league run. So that was pretty cool to see. And also, he had his first major league stolen base. He did that a lot with AAA Worcester, 27 for 33 in those attempts this year at the AAA level. But I, they, won't, they won't do that to Kike because they need his presence up the middle. Now, you might laugh as I say that, but the reality is they are hurting up the middle for just major league bodies bodies and whatever you want to say about Kike right now he has not been productive both offensively and defensively it has been a very down year for Kike Hernandez pretty much the opposite of what we saw in 2021 where he was great defensively also pitched in some offensively when he would get hot for stretches that hasn't happened offensively he hasn't gotten hot at all and then defensively he's uh, the worst or among the worst defensive shortstops in major league baseball all that being said you still like to have his versatility at the major league level compared to what you have in the organization for guys that are major league ready at the moment. You have Nick York, Marcelo Meyer. Obviously, those are two guys that you're looking forward to seeing what they can do moving forward. They're first-round picks, but they're both playing at the double-A level, so they're not ready yet. 
on a major league side of things. You do kind of need Kike at this point, even if he hasn't been good. And it would be a huge lift for the Sox if they could just get something, especially offensively, out of him if he's going to still play shortstop. And, of course, you have Pablo Reyes. They didn't start him today because of uh, right abdominal soreness from yesterday. They, they tried to not have him play, but they needed him late defensively, and that's why he ultimately came into this game uh, for the Red Sox, which ended in a 5-4 loss in 10 innings. First walk-off loss for the Sox in 2023. They're now 39-36 and 36 on the season. Again, if you want to chime into the conversation, 617-779-7937. Again, 617-779-7937. You can also text in at 37937. Joe Wild with you here. We're going to take you all the way up to midnight. Let's go back to the phones. Paul in Westfield wants to chat about Garrett Whitlock. Paul, how you doing? Well, Joe... I want to be for five wins in a row. I'm not doing too bad after tonight's um, loss. You know, you can't obviously keep winning constantly. But this, for sure, is a better representation of what we had talked about, which is the defense doesn't go in the toilet with a 29th ranking and throw the game away and then shell up the loser with a relief, which we all witnessed last year. I don't know how many how many eye-hair-pulling moments we witnessed where, hey, this game's up. We're up four or five runs, and then, wow. You know, and, and uh, you're right. You know, Whitlock wasn't a total disaster. Much more control. And just think a few days ago, this is the funniest part. Their number one pitcher is getting shelled. Whitlock, which was Sir Shell-a-Lot, was smoking and shutting them down. And we took how many out of the Yankees? I'm still living in that state, man. I'm still happy. This team can get good and nasty. I can't wait to see how long the season goes. Yeah, Paul, and I appreciate the call and appreciate you chiming in. Again, the number to call in, 617-779-7937. So Paul's saying, you know, kind of what I was saying before, Whitlock not great, but also not bad. And and I think that's the takeaway from tonight. I, I like that he can give you seven innings, and in that span he throws 88 pitches. And the reason for that is because he throws so many strikes. Now, occasionally that works against him where he puts it in the zone almost too much and he puts it in a spot where you know hitters can take advantage of it. And again, he gives up eight hits, four runs. Uh, he gave up a solo shot to, to Max Kepler, which wasn't necessarily like a, a... It wasn't a Justin Turner-type home run from what we saw from Turner tonight uh, that went 447 feet. This didn't even go 400 feet. All that being said... Uh, it wasn't the best we've seen of Garrett Whitlock. And I thought the most interesting thing about Whitlock's outing tonight was the use of the sweeper. And I'm very curious to hear what he has to say about this because uh, the sweeper was a pitch last time out in his start against the Rockies. It was really good. He had he threw 21 sweepers, uh, 13 swings, 7 whiffs on it. And it's a pitch that he's utilized uh, roughly in his starts now about 23% of the time. It's at 22.6 coming into tonight. And tonight, we didn't see it all that much. He only threw it uh, 13 time so it was 15% of the pitches that he threw he he had seven swings two whiffs on it and uh, again maybe it was the game plan maybe it was how he was feeling about it but in in the end he didn't use it all that much he had 48 swings against him 18 whiffs there were 22 batted balls 10 of which hard hit which is a little bit above his hard hit rate uh, for the season he's at 38% Coming into tonight, he was at thirty eight percent coming into tonight. So obviously, ten out of twenty two, that's a little bit b- above that percent. So it, it wasn't peak Garrett Whitlock. At the same time, he, he gives you seven innings. This uh, bullpen's been taxed all year long. 
something that I've harped on all season long uh, with with uh, how the starting rotation has been, although they've been a lot better as of late. They came into tonight last 31 starts way better than they were at the beginning of the year. Uh, last 31 starts coming into tonight, best ERA in Major League Baseball at 3.39. It, their first 43 starts, 5.84. Whitlock's been a whole new pitcher since he's been Brought back up, uh, brought back up to the Red Sox from the injured list. He's been utilizing the changeup more. He's also taken a little bit off of it, and there's been more vertical drop in it, which is what it's allowed it to be more successful. And 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 he used that changeup a lot. So he used it ended up thirty percent of the time tonight. He had uh, eleven swings on it, five whiffs. So it, there was some success to it. Although the home run to Max Kepler ended up being on a changeup. Uh, for uh, against Whitlock in the bottom of the sixth inning. Again, the final line for Whitlock, seven innings, eight hits, four runs, no walks, six strikeouts. Let's hear what he had to say after his performance tonight. When I made mistakes, they, they hit him, and that was that was the biggest thing is, you know, um, they were they were really good at that tonight and put a lot of a lot of hard contact on balls, and, you know, I just got to make better pitches. Was there one consistent, like, thing that was happening? Was it, like, a matter of depth of the changeup or... You know, or any anything, any any patterns that you picked up in terms of where the hard hard contact happened. For me, I just like I had a real hard time trying to find my slider tonight, and so I think you know not being able to use that more kind of just put me in a bad situation. It was just a feel thing. Like that wasn't a game plan. The limited usage of it wasn't a matter of game plan. It was just didn't didn't have. Feel yeah, I just didn't. I just didn't feel good throwing that tonight. So. Exciting to see a guy with Hamilton speed uh, come in there and you know, make an impact right away in his first major league appearance. Yeah, I mean we've, I mean we all been seeing him in spring training, and then like I was fortunate enough to get to see him a couple times in AAA, and dude, he's a he's a difference maker with that speed and everything. So you know we're excited to have him, and you know we love we love what he brings. You've seen so many runs being scored the last few games. Is it um, surprising? You know. And is it surprising even for a night to see, you know, uh, to see the team kind of struggling a bit with runners in scoring position? Shoot, I mean, I think our offense did their job. That was that was on me for giving up four runs. I mean, they, they scored four runs. That was, that was a good job by them. Um, so, I mean, on our, our offense is fine. All right, so that was Garrett Whitlock talking after his start tonight, and, and there's the answer. Slider, sweeper, whatever you want to call that pitch from Whitlock, he was saying he just didn't have a feel for it tonight, and, and that's why he didn't end up throwing it as much as we've seen as of late. And, and that was the big mystery from his outing tonight, why we didn't see it more often. I, I think part of it initially looked like, okay, the, the Twins are jumping on him pretty early in counts, so maybe that's why he's not using it. But as he just said there, he said he didn't have a good feel for it tonight. He ends up throwing it uh, just 15% of the time tonight. And as I mentioned before, his uh, his usage of that pitch per start, about 23%, 22.6 coming into tonight. And that last time out, he ended up uh, throwing it 21 times, 13 swings, 7 whiffs. Tonight, he ends up just using it, again, uh, 15% of the time in his outing. The final line, it, it, and he expressed a little bit of disappointment in the end there about saying, okay, the offense, they provided me some runs as, as if they didn't give me anything. And then he's he's right to a degree there. I think the Sox offense could have done more, although overall they, they were you know going up against a pretty good starter in Sonny Gray, who came into tonight with some really good numbers, 2.37 ERA. Uh, he has a great sweeper of his in his own right, but he came in fourth best ERA among qualified starting pitchers 
uh, the second best slugging percentage against. And the Sox tag him for five, uh, six hits and three runs in five innings of work. And he ends up throwing 92 pitches in that span. He tossed 28 in the fifth inning. The Sox were starting to get to him. The Twins really wanted this one, and that's why they threw their best relievers in this game, and, and they end up winning this one 5-4 to four in 10 innings. Joe Weil with you here if you want to chime in, 617-779-7937. But uh, again, you could hear in Whitlock's voice, just a little disappointed, saying the offense did give me some runs. I, I could have done better with it. But uh, in the end, he, he goes seven, eight hits, four runs, no walks, six strikeouts. We did get one text, uh, and, and the text comes in, and the, it, it asks the question, who is the hitting coach for the Red Sox? That's Pete Fatsy. Uh, just to answer that first part, but he says, because Devers should be hitting 70 to 80 points higher than what he is doing right now. And, and Rafael Devers smoked a ball in the first inning. He ends up hitting an RBI double uh that travels 411 feet. It would have been out in 16 of 30 ballparks. It was 109.4 miles per hour off the bat. You, th- you thought, okay, maybe this is going to set the tone for the night. Doesn't end up being the case. And Rafi Devers looked like he was starting to find himself again. He had a stretch where he hit four home runs in a five-game span, and then uh, he ends up being sat. You know, it was for uh, the last game against the Rockies, the Red Sox ended up winning that game. Then they had an off day. Then they played a three-game set against the Yankees, and obviously they swept that series. Uh, but since then, Rafi hasn't quite been as consistent as he was before that. You remember that home run he hit off Garrett Cole? It was a change-up, low and away, and somehow he drilled it out to left center field. And, and those were the type of swings we saw from Rafi at the beginning of this year. We saw it in the first half last year. When he's going hot, you see balls like that off the bat. Uh, but since that uh, that that last good game against the Rockies where he went two for four, two homers, four RBIs back on June 13th, he hasn't had more than a hit per game since then. And now he has played six games, only three hits in that span. Just trying to do the math right now uh, as I'm totaling all this out. So I believe, if I have my math right, he is three for his last 23 at the plate since getting that off day. Regardless, obviously they need him to swing it to be consistently the offensive team that ranks in the top five or top ten in a lot of offensive categories that have allowed the Red Sox to win a lot of games. They're not above 500 without being a top ten offense within the major leagues. But tonight, it was not a bad night. They end up banging out ten hits, and, and they do score four times, but just three for 15 with runners in scoring position. That trend had started to change for the better over the last five games. There were 23 for 59 after going through a stretch through 12 games where they were 18 for 109. Uh, But again, Devers goes one for five tonight, a double and an RBI. He does strike out three times. He had a chance to give the Red Sox the lead in the 10th inning. He ends up striking out uh, in that frame. So uh, for Devers... Not to say he hasn't been productive because there are parts of his game that have been. You know, he just drove in his 58th run of the year. He's got 17 home runs, but the the splits, I think the Red Sox were hoping for a little bit more. I think if you're a fan, it's it's more than fair to want a little bit more than 237 average, 302 on base, 42, 482 slugging. I do think part of it, obviously, is is the fact that he's been unlucky. He's hit the ball hard. And, and I do think that's going to change for him. I still hold out hope because, again, the underlying metrics say that 
about Rafi Devers. I mean, his baseball savant page, again, as somebody that nerds out over this stuff, like it, it, it shows that, that this is all going to turn for him. Expected slugging percentage is above where it is right now. That's at 541. And I mentioned before that his slugging percentage is at 482. So that indicates that there's been some unlucky stretches. Hard hit percentage, he's in the 94th percentile. Same for average exit velocity. You know, expected slugging, he's in the 95th percentile. So again, there's a, a bit of unluckiness there. But again, this is a results-oriented business. So you want him to come up big in key situations, like in the 10th inning when you have a runner on second and one out and you're trying to take the lead and they don't end up doing that. So again, the Red Sox fall by a score of 5-4 to four in 10 innings against the Minnesota Twins. So the Red Sox 39-36 and 36 on the season. We will pause for a short break. When we come back, we'll get you caught up on some of the possible upcoming roster moves for the Red Sox. One we know are ones we know that are definitive and then ones that could be possibly on the horizon. There's going to be some roster moves tomorrow. We know that without a doubt with Reese McGuire uh, to likely hit the injured list here with a right oblique strain. And then we know Brandon Walter needs to be added to the roster as well. So uh, we'll get into that. We'll wrap things up after this break. You're listening to Red Sox Review here on WEEI. From the Rubenstein Law Studios, 1-800-BOS-LEGAL. This is WEEI, New England's sports original. Everything Boston Red Sox. This is Red Sox Review on WEEI. You know what did annoy me was on the national game for the Red Sox and Yankees. They still showed us losing to them. Like I didn't think they ever showed the 0-4 highlight which is the biggest choke ever. So it's just still kind of like, I feel like New York guys edit that highlight reel. <laughs> that was a lot of fun seeing Bill Burr on the Nesson broadcast. He is always one that can bring a laugh. One of my favorite comedians and uh, bringing it again tonight. Unfortunately, the Red Sox fell 5-4 to four in 10 innings against the Minnesota Twins, so the Sox six-game winning streak comes to an end. It's also the Red Sox' first walk-off loss in 2023. Joe Weil with you here on Red Sox Review. We're going to take you all the way up to midnight here on WEEI, and uh, there are going to be a lot of roster moves tomorrow, and, and just to Preview what is to be expected. So in case you missed today's game, Reese McGuire had to leave today's game with a right oblique strain. Alex Cora saying in the postgame press conference that he's likely headed for an IL stint, which was what I expected when I saw him go down. And then uh, especially after we just found out about the right oblique strain news, he ended up sustaining that in the fifth inning. Connor Wong had to come into the game. And, and that's noteworthy, obviously, because Reese McGuire is one of the two guys that get a start consistently behind home plate for the Red Sox, him and Connor Wong, uh, but also because the Red Sox, as currently constructed, only have two catchers on their 40-man rosters. So with Reese McGuire going to the IL, the Red Sox are going to need another catcher on their major league roster. I would have to expect, or at least I do expect, if the most probable option being Caleb Hamilton from AAA Worcester. He did uh, get a little bit of big league time last year with the Minnesota Twins, and so he's now with the Woo Sox, and, and I would figure that he's the guy that would be called up to the Red Sox to, to fill that second catcher spot. Now, they could go outside the organization uh, also, Possibly, Sandy Leone is a, is a name I've seen out there. Uh, he was recently released by, or he was released by the Texas Rangers today. So maybe 
uh, we reconnect with somebody like him. But uh, Caleb Hamilton, the internal option that we would expect to see for the Red Sox if they do go that route to bring him up from AAA Worcester. And, uh, you know, again, so the roster moves to expect tomorrow. They're going to need to get Brandon Walter on the active roster. He was in Minnesota today. He traveled with David Hamilton, who made his major league debut as a pinch runner. He did not get an at-bat, but he uh, later came around to score on a double by Tristan Casas. He also logged his first stolen base in his big league career. So congratulations to David Hamilton getting his first look uh, in the major leagues. We saw a lot of that stolen base potential in AAA Worcester. 27 steal, uh, steals in 33 attempts. And he was one of those pieces that the Red Sox got last year in the Hunter Renfro deal that they made, with, which brought Jackie Bradley Jr. back to the Sox. Obviously, that was short-lived. Uh, Alex Pinellas also in the Red Sox system. He was another one of the prospects that they got back. So again, Brandon Walter is going to be activated to be on the Red Sox roster tomorrow. Justin Garza is going to be the opener for the Red Sox tomorrow. Reese McGuire, very likely to go to the injured list. We heard that David Hamilton is now going to stay with the Red Sox. So that means a 40-man move is likely needed. Now, if you're asking yourself what is likely going to be the move that allows uh there to be a spot open for the Red Sox to to use a catcher and bring them up, you know, to the, the Red Sox roster. Uh, that would be most likely Yu Chang being moved to the 60 day injure list. He's already at 57 days because he hit the IL on April 25th. So he's only a couple days away. So at this point, it's pretty much a formality that he'd be moved to the 60 day IL, you know, allowing for uh, a spot to be opened for uh, Caleb Hamilton, again, if he's the guy that ends up getting called up from AAA Worcester to uh, ultimately join the Red Sox, be added to the 40-man roster, and uh, be that that second catcher that the Red Sox desperately need at this point. It was great to see Pablo Reyes at least out on the field today. He didn't get the start, but it, it was a little cause for concern that he left. Uh, he didn't play in yesterday's game. He got scratched from the starting lineup with right abdominal soreness, but good to see him out there today and uh, he appears to be okay, but David Hamilton still staying with the Red Sox, and uh, he will actually, uh, I think I saw that he's actually going to be playing for the Red Sox in the starting lineup tomorrow, which would be uh, his first, obviously, his first big league start, and that would be cool to see for a guy that uh, just joined this uh, major league roster. And, uh, yeah, it was actually Alex Cora saying that he will start tomorrow. So David Hamilton will be making his first big league start. He'll get his first big league at bat. And, again, he got his first big league appearance today. What are the positives to take away from tonight? If you want to add on another for the Red Sox, how about Justin Turner? In the home run he hit tonight, 447 feet, an absolute bomb to left field. He's been swinging a red-hot bat in the mo- uh, in the month of June Last 44 at-bats, 19 for 44. He's been awesome. And he's been an awesome presence in this Red Sox lineup and in the clubhouse. He's been great at the plate since the beginning of the season. He, he, he started off a little slow, but he has picked it up. If you remember, first 10 games hit 189, 326 on base, which wasn't bad, but just a 216 slugging percentage. He came into tonight, you know, since that moment. 296 average, 366 on base, 491 slugging. He, he is a tough at bat, a professional hitter. I like writing it out when I tweet about Justin Turner. Justin Turner, comma, professional hitter, because that's exactly what he is. And again, a two for four effort tonight, 
Uh, he drives in two, scores twice. He had a stolen base in this game as well. That was a little unexpected in the first inning. Uh, but, but again, he pitches in. Unfortunately, Red Sox fall 5-4 to four tonight against the Minnesota Twins in 10 innings. Just to get you more on tomorrow's matchup, Joe Ryan getting the start for the Twins on the season 7-4, and 3.30 ERA. And again, it's Justin Garza getting the start as the opener uh, for the Red Sox in tomorrow's game. And then Brandon Walter, he's going to uh, come on after that and, and pitch out of the bullpen for the Red Sox. It, it hasn't been an official move yet, but uh, it is one that we have uh, uh, been told by Alex Cora is going to happen. Uh, he has done really great work within the Red Sox system. It's been a tough year for him. 1-5, 6.28 ERA at AAA Worcester. But he opened up a lot of eyes in 2021 for what he did at Greenville, Salem, and then last year uh, with Portland had a 2.88 ERA uh, before getting the bump up to AAA Worcester. He's a fun story, too. A late-round pick that's going to be with the Red Sox. We've seen that a lot late, and we'll see what he can do. But again, Justin Garza getting the start in tomorrow's game, which starts at 1.10 p.m. I want to thank Brian Frizzoco behind the glass doing a fantastic job. Red Sox fall 5-4 to four tonight in 10 innings against the Twins. I'm Joe Wild. Thanks for listening to Red Sox Review here on WEEI.